I'm a prickly paired cactus waiting to bloom, waiting to cut holes through the sheets of ominous doom, waiting to peel off the duct tape on society's lips as propriety dances on each manicured fingernails, tips. Frantically, sanity's breeze blows by as practicality begs these roots to stay dug in the dirt. Spine needles push through the turf of the skin to ward off any men who may flirt or insert their criteria of what a lady should be. What pretty should be. These rough curves shout, stay away because somewhere between the merry-go-round and the monkey bars i was taught being pretty isn't safe being pretty isn't fun so i would rip out my pigtails shake my head and run run towards the desert run towards the sunset dance with the coyotes feel the dust on my tongue Embodying the fact that not everybody needs to go through life feeling numb, succumbing to the dazzling stars, disregarding the words that lingered through my mother's lips. Lacey, comb your hair. Lacey, get out of the dirt. Identity is a performance. And ever since that morning in the fifth grade, and I woke up to two lumps on my chest and started bleeding with the moon, I knew it all started too soon. I could have been playing cops and robbers with the boys down the street. Instead, my grandmother insisted, ladies, act sweet. That 12-year-old wasn't ready for the whistling from men and the drooling from boys. I just wanted to jump in the ditch and catch crawdads as if they were toys. But my mom was too busy fixing my hair and my aunts were too busy clearing my skin. All the while knowing beauty is a sin, a curse of the ego, an endless competition that honey, you're never gonna win. Because no matter how pretty you are, you'll never compare to the beauty that exerts from a pack of coyotes howling under a forgiving moon. See, I'm not a boy or a girl. I'm a prickly paired cactus waiting to bloom. I'm an insane sexual shadow witch and my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of Horpod. Tell me.
welcome to Horpod. I'm really happy you're here. Now, this is a Horpod episode you might just want to skip over, mosey to the next one, maybe backtrack, maybe go listen to some slow jazz instead, because I am very hopeful and optimistic about future timelines. This episode is not about those future timelines. This episode is about the current avatar I am inhabiting. And I believe this avatar is part of a hologram. That this avatar is a piece of the hologram experience that we're all interconnected. Now, I hate trigger warnings because they're just exhausting. And sometimes I think we need to be a little triggered. I believe art should trigger us. I believe activism shouldn't be peaceful. I believe art and activism exist to disrupt the peace. That doesn't mean either have to be violent, but the goal of art and activism in my perspective is to shake the collective awake. So, it's okay if you want to leave me now. If you want to stay along for the ride, we're going to travel timelines. Jump to my inner child to discover the dense reality of why I am currently living in an ugly avatar. Did you hear me? I just said I'm ugly. I, Lacey Free, am ugly. I am ugly. Are you still here? Did you leave me already? Abandonment is deeply connected to the energy of feeling ugly. But we'll get to that in a minute. First, I just want to sit in it for a second. I am ugly. I don't feel like I'm allowed to say that in most rooms. I feel like it's less controversial to talk about almost anything else than a woman saying she is ugly. As soon as I say it, there are a ton of voices that chime in usually saying, Lacey, why don't you love yourself? You're not ugly. Why do you think you're ugly? It's this extreme energetic uncomfortability that hits the room. Some people want to speak for me. Some people want to convince me to love my body. Some people tell me I'm manifesting it. Some people compare me to other people who are there claiming are more ugly. A woman is not allowed to say she is ugly. We then automatically tell her she's physically beautiful, even if we don't believe it. See, we make fun of people's looks all the time in our society, in our culture, and as a collective. We judge celebrities on how thin they are or their latest couture. But when we're face-to-face with people, we put on this fake mask 
of compliments of someone's appearance. And if a female doesn't take your compliments on her appearance graciously and generously, that female is a bitch or she's wrong or she doesn't love herself. What if I can stand in the truth that I am ugly? And what if I can simultaneously love myself? What if I know my worth isn't based on my appearance? So even if I do not have a beautiful appearance, or if my appearance does not meet societal standards, what if I can honor the truth of that and still believe I am worthy? See, the witch has always been depicted as ugly. Green skin, a crooked pointed nose, and a pointy hat. Witches are depicted as very frail and thin, or big, fat, heavy earth energy. I am ugly. When I say that, Ooh, it rubs people the wrong way. It seems like one of the most irritating things I've ever said to others. But let's let's jump a timeline. Where did this originate from? Now, if I am living a holographic experience, and which I don't know if I am. But if I am, my avatar, my body, is a reflection coming from a denser reality, a hologram. So to reprogram my hologram, my avatar, or not even so much to reprogram it, but you can, but to understand it or to look under the hood of the avatar, we would have to jump timelines to this denser reality. Now, this is where the trauma comes in, folks, because trauma to me is a lifelong integration. It's not something I'm just over or healed from. And some of this, I, I still get memories of. When we're young and we're experiencing a deep amount of trauma, our minds will protect us and will erase memories or get flashbacks. But some of this stuff is still so very clear. So let's jump the timeline. When I'm doing a reading or a healing session with someone, and they have a feeling come up like I'm ugly, I ask them, when is the first time you felt like you were ugly? And then we jump to that timeline and we look around the external environment for the codes that were feeding that child those messages. So we're going to jump timelines with the inner child of me, Lacey. 
we're going to go to little Lacey and see what she was experiencing that affected her holographic experience as a 32-year-old today. I'm ugly. When did I first feel that? The first memory that's showing up for me around ugliness, I think I was five or six. And my mom had bought me this really fun jean skirt with ruffles on the bottom. So it was kind of like a longer skirt. It went to like almost my ankles. And it had rainbow ruffles sewed on it, like cloth ruffles. The first part was jean, and then cloth ruffles were sewed all the way to the ankle. And my dad took me to this park, and one of his friends was there drinking in the park. And I think my dad might have been there to buy drugs or to get fucked up with this person. But I can't remember so clearly. I was just so excited that I got to wear my new outfit out of the house. And I felt pretty. It felt fun. I felt fresh. I remember asking my dad to put my hair in a ponytail. And it was one of those beaded like scrunchies to match my skirt. And he did. (laughs) He did sort of. I had like a... Um, bumpy side ponytail and as we got to the park his friend was there and we'll just call his friend Brian out of protection for this guy and I had seen Brian come in and out of the house before like when my parents would have cake parties or when my dad would buy weed from him I remember they'd party and be passed out on the floor in the morning. So the visual of him, he was very familiar, but always kind of like quiet and aloof and stayed away from me. And when I entered the park, I was just so happy about my dress that I was going around showing everyone because I was quite the center of attention most of the times. I made myself the center of attention, I should say. And my dad's friend Brian was there. And I was telling I was doing a little spin to show someone the ruffles on my skirt. And he came from behind and grabbed my heels and lifted me up so I was upside down. And it scared me so much that I immediately started crying and my underwear was showing to the whole park because he had me hanging upside down by my ankles. And people at the park were like, hey, let her go, let her down. And then he just started swinging me as fast as he could by my ankles. And... That's where my memory starts to blur. And I don't exactly remember what happened except that I was spinning and screaming and crying. And when he put me down, I don't know what happened or if my ruffles just got hooked on something or hooked on his hand or he was just spinning me so fast or if something else happened. But I woke up and all the ruffles had 
were like untethered and my whole skirt was ruined and I was just so sad our family was poor you know so I don't think it was an everyday occurrence I got a new matching outfit like that and I just remember screaming and walking around the park as a six-year-old looking for the other ruffles that were sewed on I don't know if I'm explaining this skirt well, but it was just these layers of different colors. And I remember looking for the different colors and the different layers. And I remember feeling so pretty before and so ugly and disgusting afterwards. And I remember I kept saying that I'm gross and I'm gross. And... I felt gross and my dad and Brian were just hysterically laughing at me as I was crying and picking up the pieces to the skirt. But that timeline is the first timeline I can remember where I heard my own voice say, I am ugly. I am gross. Oftentimes when we do like holographic healing sessions, we go back to a denser reality like we just did with that day at the park with little Lacey. Another memory will just organically unfold, another timeline to jump to. It's kind of like the other puzzle in the denser reality that's making up my programming. So as I was just telling you guys that, the next timeline that showed up was me at my grandma's house and I had to have been like seven or eight and I loved going to my grandparents house they had like a half acre outside Longmont Colorado with a shop on the land and race cars and big huge trees and lots of plants and flowers And I would run around that yard by myself and play. I was really the only kid around at that time. My little brother was sick and disabled, so he couldn't really play outside as much. And I would find different trucks and jump in the back of the truck and use the bed of the truck as my stage. And I would make up songs and poems and sing to the rocks and to the plants and I believe this is where I started becoming an earth witch I would talk to the trees and to the leaves but as I was playing something happened in my body and it felt like it just puffed up it swelled up and as a seven-year-old I didn't really have words for what was happening But I just started crying and screaming and saying, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. And I went and told my grandma, I'm fat. And I was hysterical. And I went and told my grandpa, I'm fat. And they didn't know what to do. And they were really confused why a seven-year-old was so worried about her weight all of a sudden. But what I couldn't describe in words is that I was like bloated, that I was, something was swelling up within me and I didn't have words for that there was physically something happening. And when I energetically tap into what that is now, around this time of being seven or so, 
I was being molested. There was a lot of sexual abuse going on. But my brain was decompartmentalizing the abuse that was happening. And I wasn't going around and telling my grandparents there was abuse happening. Because when you're seven, your brain is not fully developed. And you don't, if you don't have a good foundation of boundaries, you don't actually know you're being abused. In one way, predators get power over their prey is breaking them down. And they do this to even very little kids. It's making them feel like something's wrong with them so that they don't feel like the interaction of abuse that just occurred was actually abuse. They feel like, oh, this man is telling me I'm ugly or I'm gross or that I smell funny. And then the little kid kind of, in a way, their mind gets more focused on the words that were used to break them down, but they don't realize that these were words to break them down. So it starts encoding in this child's psyche. So this was happening to me, and it's an abusive tactic so that I wouldn't tell on the predator. But there were extreme messages telling me that I was fat and gross and ugly and yucky. And the abuse that was happening to me felt gross. So when abuse happens to us that feels gross, we internalize it as I am gross. I know that this this is a lot, guys. And at any point, if this is too much, feel free to turn off the episode or take a breather. But I appreciate you jumping these timelines with me. I do. But I also understand if it's not what's right for you right now. But we go to timelines to reprogram them. And we don't have to remember all of our trauma to be able to reprogram our trauma. So the next timeline that shows up for me is when I was becoming a preteen, I was hormonal super early. I was getting like little boobs at like nine or 10. My skin was being affected. It was just obvious I was going through puberty. And my mom has a lot of energy and fear around beauty, as do a lot of feminines, especially, it's global, but especially America because of our value system. And my mom would have these sort of manic episodes that I had no idea at the time that they were manic episodes and what would happen was she would come find me and push my head against the wall and start squeezing my cheeks really hard with her two thumbnails squeezing little bits of my cheek and she was telling me that she was helping me by popping my pimple and she said that if she didn't pop my pimples it was I was going to grow up to be so fucking monstrous and nobody would ever 
want to go on a date with me. As she was popping my pimples that weren't there. So I actually had no pimples there. So she was just popping parts of my skin. And each cheek, there would be blood dripping down. I remember looking down sometimes. It looked like tears of blood coming down my face. And sometimes there would be so much blood, it would get on my clothes. And this would be, we would do it a couple of times a week. And I would beg her and beg her not to do it. And she would always do it when my dad wasn't home. And not that my dad is a pillar of hope or protection by any means, but this was something he couldn't stand to be in the house while it was happening because I couldn't stop shrieking or screaming and crying while she was popping the pimples. She did it on my cheeks and the back of my arms. And when she got my arms, they'd be covered in blood afterwards. She would talk to me that people weren't going to like me when I was older because I'm so ugly. And that when I got older, I would thank her because I would have beautiful skin because of her. And sometimes she would do it with a cigarette in the side of her mouth and pinch and poke. And... Although I have done a lot of healing in my life, that is still within me. And I sometimes have a fear of my own acne or a fear of redness in my cheeks. If she ever saw that my cheeks were starting to get red, she would pull me over and start pinching my cheeks. And Oftentimes, she would pull my hair while she was doing it. And in the mornings before school, she would want me to, like, look her version of perfect. And she would sit me down, and she would do really tight French braids on each side of my head. Sometimes she would still be drunk, sometimes a little hungover. But she used a wooden brush as she was giving me the French braids. And with the wooden brush, if I moved or messed up or breathed too big, she would like seriously tell me not to breathe sometimes when I was doing it because she wanted to be very precise in the French braids. She would take the back of the wooden brush and hit me in the side of the face or the arm or pinch the back of my neck and tell me how ugly I was. And this was what happened before school. So even before getting to school in the morning as a kid, I had already been like hit and yelled at and I was like crying and carrying this heaviness in my body that I am ugly. Now we go to the timelines to reprogram them but first I I usually sort of experience them a bit and we just experience them a bit but I don't go fully in it all the time unless my body says it's comfortable to do so 
because we can definitely re-traumatize ourselves in going back to these memories. And I think it's always really important to remember that you don't actually have to go back to a memory, nor do you have to fully remember a memory to reprogram it. But sometimes we need and we want to do that. Because in every block, it's connected to our power. So I'm showing you guys some of my big blocks right now. I feel like people are always talking about shadow work these days. Shadow work this, shadow work that. But I don't know if we know how to sit in the shadow work. And not that you have to sit in this and you definitely don't have to sit in other people's shadows, shadows or their shadow work. But I feel like it's important to put mine on display right now. I feel like I say publicly that I'm ugly a lot and people are like confused because we're taught that you can't say you're ugly and be powerful. We're taught that you can't acknowledge any shortcomings within yourself or your body and still love yourself. What if I am ugly and I still love myself? What if acknowledging the ugliest parts of me isn't self-loathing, but empowering? And I'm not saying for sure it is, but I am saying it helps me feel more free. I know sometimes people are perplexed even by my hair because I don't do my hair. I don't curl it. I don't get it done really. And part of that comes from the timeline of these tight braids being woven into my head and a wooden brush to my face. And now, letting my hair free flow is my resurrection of self. It's my liberation of my hair. It is me saving my inner child. I don't want French braids ever. (laughs) I don't want any kind of braid ever. I want it to be exactly what it is even if it's not pretty to you. And it's it's true. I probably could have. But there's an act of surrender to my hair that feels like it's saving me. With holographic healing, once we acknowledge the root of some of the pain that has to do with our belief system, So my belief system is that I'm ugly, and the root of that, I just gave you three examples of. Now, I, as a 32-year-old self, look at myself as my own spirit guide, my own healer. I envision that 32-year-old self finding my 5-year-old self at the park in that laced, ruffled skirt. And 
No timelines exist. All timelines are existing simultaneously. So I envision through deep meditation, my 30-year-old self entering the park where my five-year-old self is wearing that beautiful ruffled skirt with her hair in a side pony and she's so excited because she feels special. She feels like a princess. But she doesn't realize that Brian is about to grab her ankles and spin her around. And I go as my 32-year-old self. And I walk up to her. And I realize that no one in the park can perceive me besides my inner child. And I walk up to the five-year-old me and I tell her hi. I let her know that I am her from another timeline showing up today to be a guide for her, a protector for her, and a friend for her. And because she is special, I brought gifts that represent the physical realm from the timeline I am on. I bring my younger five-year-old self gifts I have them in pink and purple and neon green wrapping with tons of bows. And the gifts include a pink boom box because my inner child loved music. She loved to dance and would get free in the words of songs. So I bring her a little boom box with some cassette tapes. The cassette tapes I bring her are Prince, Britney Spears, and Madonna. I also bring her five beautiful dresses so that when this one gets ruined, she has others to go back to. So I show little Lacey all of the gifts I brought her and I sit with her as she opens them and I look at her in her eyes and I tell her, no matter what people say about your body, you are amazing. You grow up to be a healer. Lacey, you are smarter than you will ever know. The words you love, Lacey, you learn to sew those words into poems and you perform those poems in front of people in coffee shops and bars and you dance, you've danced on mystical stages. Lacey, I know where you are is so scary right now, but I'm a guide for you, a spiritual protector for you. And in a couple minutes, your dad's friend Brian is going to come over here. He's going to come over and he's going to grab you by your ankles and he's going to spin you around really fast. And you're not going to fully remember everything that happens because it's going to be really scary. But when you get scared like that, you can close your eyes and you can envision yourself on another timeline 
and I'll be there with you on that timeline. Lacey, I know you love whales. Guess what? When you get older, you get to go see the whales. Even your friends will call you the whale whisperer because every time you're near the shore, a whale comes forward. In Alaska, Alaska's gonna love you, Lacey, and so are many other places. But you have to get through this right now, and you're strong enough to. You, Lacey, grow up to be the witch you always wanted to be. So when Brian comes, you just close your eyes really tight, okay? And you picture me and you on a kayak in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Your dad's friend is gonna physically hurt you right now. And it is gonna be really scary. But I am here as a spirit guide to let you know and to remind you that you are more than this physical body on this timeline. You have a huge soul and a big essence. And I know you're very young right now. See, my little self, her vocabulary isn't fully developed. So she can't completely understand all the words I'm saying when I'm talking about soul essence and dimensions. But on an intuitive level, she trusts me. And it will make more sense as other synchronicities appear. It will make more sense as she gets older and remembers that a guide came to her. A spirit guide came to her at that park that day that her skirt got ripped up. And I tell her, Lacey, you have lived many lives before this and many lives after this. And right now, as a kid, your little body's going to experience a lot of pain, but you're strong enough to get through that pain. And on the other side, you're going to work with women and queers and artists and creators who've been in pain just like you. It's not going to all just be okay, but you will rise into your power as a witch. You will learn to levitate in the astral realm. And you will forget one day, you will eventually forget what Brian looks like. Now, bringing healing to this little version of myself or even just giving her a message is simultaneously bringing healing to my current timeline for my 32-year-old self because that little girl is in me still screaming to be put down by the masculine. That little girl is in me still worried that the masculine is going to pick her up and throw her around and make her feel gross. So sometimes we get triggered on the current timelines we are on and we don't even totally understand what we're saying. But sometimes I am in fear that the masculine is going to come snatch me. 
And one of my first responses is that I'm gross, that I'm gross. And that doesn't make sense to everybody on my current timeline because they'll be like, no, Lacey, I think you showered today. Like, I, I think you're fine. But what they don't fully see is what the root that triggered it in the first place. And that root is the energy of someone coming in and taking advantage and leaving this residue of I'm gross. But by going and showing my inner child that she can use her mind and her imagination to take her to another reality while she's being abused, that's healing and it helps strengthen her psychic abilities and her superpowers. In my opinion, one may argue it's extreme disassociation, and I think maybe both are true. Sometimes when people say or feel that they're ugly, we couldn't possibly know the chapters that came before to make them appear that way. I've always been an admirer of the circus freak, the bearded women. The ones with chains that hung from their faces or the people without all of their limbs who performed on a stage while the world gawked and made fun of them or wanted to fuck them. See, we sometimes get confused about attractiveness and sexual power. And you can actually be a very ugly person with a ton of fucking sexual power. And I saw the circus freaks as the freaks of society, the ugly people. But it was said that in older previous timelines that people would come to the circus to gawk at the freaks or the bearded women But the circus freaks were also the town sex workers. They were also prostitutes, many of them. And people loved having sex with the freaks because our physical appearance actually doesn't have much to do with physical sex. Maybe it has to do with the initial attraction, but I'm a firm believer attraction is energy. And witches are always shape-shift between the energy of being repulsive and the energy of being desirable. And I very much believe I carry repulsiveness and desire within my pores. I am a disgusting monster and a beautiful god. I am the bearded woman and the circus freak. And I'm still that little girl whose mom would make her bleed so that she wouldn't have to grow up to be ugly. An ugly woman. What a scary thing to be in America is a nasty, gross, ugly woman. I'm not trying to make light of my ugliness. It sometimes comes with a lot of sadness and grief. It makes me feel like I shouldn't participate. 
And other times, I just want to scream from the rooftop, I'm ugly, because sometimes my ugliness is like an elephant in the room. And you may look at me and say, oh, you're not ugly, or you're not as ugly as some. Or you may look at me and think I'm fucking horrific. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that little kid in me who all the adults told her how disgusting she would be. And I think ugliness is deeply connected to the energy of the witch wound that we were scared of the feminine power. So the way they broke down the witches who were connected to the divine feminine is by telling them they were ugly. That was the patriarchy or the religion's greatest weapon towards the magic people, towards the witches, was to tell them they're ugly. Because to be an ugly woman in community can feel devastating. But what if we wore our ugliness as a crown and not a mark of shame? I had a boyfriend who I was in a relationship on and off with for years who was too embarrassed to bring me around his friends because of how ugly I am who loved me deeply but felt really ashamed by the way I looked and struggled to ever tell me I was beautiful even if I was asking to hear it and I'm sad for the part of me that asked to be told that I was beautiful because we just so connect beauty with worth. I connected beauty with my own worth, but through holographic healing and going back and healing my inner child and connecting to the witches who came before me, there is power in the wicked, ugly hag. There's power in the crone. And I won't ever be the bitch who sacrifices her magic for her appearance. I feel like as women, we're constantly sacrificing parts of our physical body, or parts of our magic, or parts of our essence to fit into appearance. There's pain in being ugly, but there's also a freedom of acknowledging what my body has been through. See, one thing we don't talk about with circus freaks is they often come from extreme, extreme trauma. The circus freaks were the ugliest of society, but they were also the orphans or the ones who had been physically tortured or had their limbs cut off by another. Bearded women are often women who've been extremely sexually abused from a young age. And that doesn't mean every woman who's been sexually abused has a beard, but it's a way our body adapts to our environment. We can become ugly or what society perceives as ugly for protection. When a woman is continuously sexually and physically abused by the masculine, her body will start 
evolving into masculine traits and her testosterone can increase. When a woman has a high level of free testosterone in our body, then she'll have um, male-like hair growth patterns on her face or her chest or bald the way the masculine balds due to testosterone. Now, testosterone rises because the endocrine system gets out of whack. So, long story short, we evolve and adapt. Our bodies evolve and adapt to survive. Our bodies evolve and adapt to survive. And I may not be a pretty girl or a beautiful woman in a lot of ways. But I'm a witch who's going to fucking thrive. Regardless of my reflection in the mirror. Before we go, we're going to just jump a quick timeline. I'm going to do a quick timeline meditation with myself. And I'm going to go back and talk to that little girl whose face was being pinched, whose arms were being pinched by her mom. I'm gonna close my eyes and envision my 32-year-old self walking into my eight-year-old self's house. And I see my eight-year-old self being pressed against the wall. Now my mother can't perceive my 32-year-old self but my eight-year-old self sees me and there's a sense of familiarity because she remembers seeing me at the park when she was younger. And I come sit next down to her and I squeeze her little hand and I whisper in the ear, I love you, you are loved. I am so sorry that your mom is so hurt and is so afraid of ugly that she is trying to squeeze beauty into you, causing blood to leak from your skin. Lacey, little Lacey, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Your imagination can take you to another reality. Know that you grow from this. You grow out of this. And in 2021, you're going to be on this beautiful road trip all by yourself. You're going to have your own podcast called Horror Pod. And on it, you're going to talk to magic beings who are bringing in a new world. You're going to talk to other healers. And there are going to be magic people who listen to your voice accept your truth one day you're not going to be so afraid of talking one day you're not going to be afraid that you're ugly one day Lacey you get to be just exactly who you are and I know that this hurts right now but just remember to breathe all the ways your mom's hurting your body in 2021 You're going to know almost every herb that can remedy the pain of this body. You're strong, Lacey, and you deserve love.
And I'm so fucking sorry your mom doesn't love you right now. But I promise we learn to be our own mother. And we learn to carry mother energy for other people in need of the mother. Lacey, you don't have to be beautiful for this world to love you. All you have to do is use your fucking voice. I love you. You are protected. You are creative. You are strong. And who gives a fuck if you are ugly or if you're beautiful? Lacey, you one day will be free. Who are the witches? Where do they come from? Maybe your great-great-grandmother was one. Witches are wise, wise women, they say. And each and every one of us are witches today. Thank <laughs> you.